Hello, this is Dan Bender, executive producer of the podcast Singles Network. Today I'm excited to present Single Living, a podcast that brings you straight talk on everything that concerns today's singles, including relationships, dating, travel, and financial security. Single Living is hosted by Rich Goss, a well-respected expert in the singles industry. He is the author of eight books on dating and has lectured on the subject in over 50 colleges and universities. Rich is frequently interviewed by the news media, including Oprah, CNN, Fox News, and the Wall Street Journal, to name just a few. And now, here's the host of Single Living, Rich Goss. Welcome to Single Living. My guest today is Bonnie Gabriel, who is the author of The Fine Art of Erotic Talk, How to Entice, Excite, and Enchant Your Lover with Words, which is published by Bantam and Random House. Welcome to the show, Bonnie. Well, thanks, Rich. What is your definition of erotic talk? Well, erotic talk is really any verbal expression or communication that generates or intensifies passion. So when people think of erotic talk, I know they usually think of uh, talking dirty. That's the first thing that comes to mind usually. Right. But talking dirty is only one small part of, of talking erotically. It's an important part, but it's only one, and there are many, many other ways to arouse a partner besides talking dirty. And what are some of those ways? Well, one of them is simply verbally appreciating your partner uh, with words like, uh, when you touch me like that, it feels so nice. Or when you put your arm around me in, while we're walking, I just love it. Just letting them know that uh, anything, any kind of attention they give you that's affectionate in a physical or, or emotional manner really turns you on. Uh, also, you, in terms of endearment, just saying words like baby, honey, yes. sweetheart will get some of those um, juices flowing or teasing or letting them know that uh, you plan to have your way with them, you know, in a few <laughs> hours. Like, you know, when I get you home tonight, you know what I'm going to do to you? <laughs> I call it preview of coming attractions. <laughs> right. Making erotic threats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Threat is a pretty heavy word, but yeah, in a, in a sense, in a very positive sense. It's, since many of our listeners are single, at least just about everybody is single who's listening to the show, can you give us some tips on how to use words to attract or turn on a new partner? Oh, absolutely. Uh, one of the simplest things you can do is um, when you're expressing something about this new person that you find attractive, instead of using the generic, um, you've got beautiful eyes or you have a really nice smile, personalize your expression of attraction because it makes you more open and vulnerable. Instead of saying, beautiful eyes, you say, I love your eyes or I really love your smile. Just the I word makes it more intimate. And you can go even a step further in doing what I call sensualize uh, your feelings of attraction. So if you're dancing with the partner, you know, you've already learned, you don't say, you're a great dancer, I love to dance is better. But even better, when you centralize it, you say, I love the way you feel in my arms. Yes. Because that's, that's a kinesthetic a, a 
your feeling that you're doing or if you love their perfume again you you don't say you've got a great smell your perfume smells great or even i love your perfume but mm, i love the way you smell because it, it puts that sensual feeling of, of um the senses into your expression it's kind of interesting you're saying this bonnie because of course when people talk about anger they always say the way to communicate with another person and not get them too angry or defensive is to use an i statement instead of a you statement but you're exactly. going to a totally new realm erotic talk saying the exact same thing don't use the word you use the word i those i statements make for greater intimacy in communication it really does it works in both ways and there's even another step you can take and this is i usually most people don't want to take this at first it's a little bit too vulnerable for them but as i get to know the person um you not only let them know in perhaps a personal or sensual way uh, of what attracts you, but you let them know the impact that that quality that they have has on you. So yes. instead of saying, I love your eyes, you can say, when you look at me like that, I just melt. Mm-hmm. Or or when you smile like that, I just, you know, wow, it really uh-huh. turns me on. So so again, you're, you're giving them power because you're letting yes. them know how what an important impact that has on you. And, and it sounds like you're sharing feelings rather than just making statements. Exactly. Exactly. That's very true. Now, a lot of our listeners, of course, are very uncomfortable, feel very shy and awkward about initiating erotic verbal communication. So can you give uh, these singles a little bit of advice how to overcome these shy, awkward feelings? Absolutely. One of the easiest things you can do when you're with someone new is um, something which I call erotic questioning. And when you do erotic questioning, you might touch them in two different ways or maybe very lightly or then with more pressure or in two different parts of their body and then you just ask them the question which feels better right this or this yes now what's great about that it's it's not very you know it's much easier than trying to figure out some clever sexy or, or romantic thing to say because you're just asking a question number two you're getting feedback from them as to how they like to be made love to so it really is a is a powerful way to initiate this kind of this kind of talk and then there's another thing you can do which i call erotic feedback from the other side as your partner is stroking you you let them know what feels good you say oh yeah right there that really feels wonderful do, let's do more do more of that so then you're giving your partner information on what pleases you so this is very different from old-fashioned lovemaking you know the puritanical method where you go into the bedroom under the covers with the lights off and you're completely mm-hmm. silent with one another you're trying to liberate people so that they communicate throughout uh, the seduction time and, and during the lovemaking itself and, of course, afterwards discuss the lovemaking, I presume. Absolutely. I think it's really important. That's what makes for that really deep connection that really makes sex even more exciting and more multidimensional. And if you're, you're just, you know, everything is all done secretively. <laughs> yes. Well, we've got to get the secrecy out of this. And, I mean, we're not publicizing this for the world, but at least you have to publicize your feelings to your partner. Absolutely. Yeah. That's if you if you want to build a, a real thing, unless you, you're into a real, you know, quickie. You know, but if right. you want to build something with your partner, that's that's the way to do it. What a concept, building a long-term erotic relationship rather than just worrying about the immediate moment. Exactly. And in your book, of course, you talk about different ways to keep sexual chemistry alive uh, while discussing safe sex issues. 
and taking time to ensure that both partners are protected. Can you give us some examples of discussing safe sex? Yeah, this came out of a group I ran, especially during the height of the AIDS crisis. A lot of people were complaining, gosh, uh, trying to make love to someone is no fun now. Just when you're getting real turned on, they interrupt you and said, do you have a condom? Or, <laughs> hey, I'm not going any further unless we talk about, did you get your AIDS test? And it right. just cut the whole romantic erotic feeling. Yes. So what I figured out to do to, to prevent that from happening is instead of letting the person know how worried and concerned you are, that's the negative, right. you let them know how excited and turned on you are. The reason as to why you need to have the safe sex, sex talk with something like, you know, I am so excited, I'm so turned on right now that if, if we don't you know, stop and, and have our talk, I'm going to have trouble, you know, in a, in a few minutes. Right. I'm going to be able to stop. I won't be able to control myself. You have this, you know, incredible... Uh, power and so you give them a sense of confidence. Wow, hey, you know this, this person really has turned on to me. And then you can say something like, you know, I'd be able to relax and enjoy you so much more if we if I knew we had protection. Right. Or or you might say something like, you know, I want access to all of you, so let's play it safe. So yes. you, you talk about the positive result that will come right. from having protection rather than, uh-oh, watch out. <laughs> right. And, and, of course, timing in this, as in everything, is crucial. You want to have the safe sex talk before the sex rather than during, which r- ruins the mood, or after, of course, is the worst time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> right. Definitely. Definitely want it before. And even there are even things you can do if you, you know, sometimes you do forget and in the middle you say, oh, well, I better go to the drawer and pull out the condom or whatever you're using. So even during those moments, as your partner is going to fetch for something to make it safe, you can keep the erotic talk going, saying, oh, but when I get you back into bed, you want, you know, you talk again about what you're going to be doing as you get back into bed, keeping the flow going with words. Yes. So you don't interrupt that moment. Now, in your book, The Fine Art of Erotic Talk, you describe ways to keep sexual chemistry alive while discussing uh, safe sex. And, uh, but you also talk about uh, what if your partner is making love to you in a way that's turning you off? How do you stop him or her without appearing critical or breaking the romantic mood? Well, that's really important because there's nothing worse than than if you say, "Hey, don't do that," ow, or something, or "Oh, I don't like that." Yes. Boy, that not only it puts a damper on things. I mean, everybody is more vulnerable when they're in that space, and and it can really, really cut off any positive feeling that you're having. So I say to people, instead of talking about what turns you off, what you don't like, let your partner know what you want instead. Yes. So if they're touching you too hard or too fast or doing something too fast, you, you say, you know what I would really love right now? If you would go really, really slow or if you would, you know, stroke me right behind the ear, that, that's a really sensitive spot for me. So, you, you, again, giving them information, letting them know what would really work helps them. It empowers them rather than criticizing them and telling them what's wrong. What would you say turns women off the most in the way that men make love to them? Well, uh, I think using a a harsh voice sometimes, um, they sometimes um, will, the worst thing that's happened to women to report is they call out the wrong name (laughs) in in a moment of passion, (laughs) call out the the wrong name or... um, they, um, you know, it's, it's sometimes different for different women. Uh, they immediately assume, you know, a lot of men assume that women like to all like to be made love to in the same way. Yes. And uh, someone would say, the men said, you don't like that? Gee, my last partner loved it. <laughs> like, like, it's in a way that what's wrong with you, right. you know? Well, 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 that's a d- double error there. First of all, you're referring to the previous par- partner, which is a no-no. And then secondly, exactly. you're putting your current partner down. So you're you're really blowing it. 
Absolutely, that's right. So those were some of the common ones. And people have individual things that they don't like. Uh, a lot of women don't like it when men start talking dirty to them too soon. They said they really want them to wait until they're in a state of intense passion. Otherwise, it, it, they feel really it, it turns them off a bit. So, so a man should not come across prematurely as a dirty old man. He has to wait until uh, he has more intimacy with her before he can start talking dirty. Yeah, especially with a new partner. Now, once they have an established relationship, sometimes then it, it, it's okay. But that you have to play that one by ear and really know your partner. Right. And uh, what about the men? Do they have complaints about what women do? Yeah, on? they said uh, a, a lot of if women, if a woman is very critical, uh, in a critical tone. Well, again, you know, we've talked about this. If they hear a critical tone in a woman's voice, right. uh, even if they're saying something that uh, seems positive, they, they're very sensitive to the voice tone. A lot of women, uh, men, say they can't stand it when their partner is completely silent. You know, there's there's uh -huh. no expression. It doesn't even have to be words, but there's no any kind of moaning or sighing or anything. <laughs> they don't hear that. They begin to doubt themselves and wonder if they're really pleasing their partner. Right. So so hopefully you have a soundproof room when you uh, make these moments. <laughs> Yeah, let, let it go. Absolutely. Some men said they don't like it when women try to talk baby, use baby words, you know, baby tone with them, and, and try to. Uh, they feel like they're being talked down to if a woman uh -huh. gets into it and starts right. calling them by some childish nickname or something. Right. So. Well, what I think I'm hearing from you is that a, a lot of people uh, think, especially women, think that men are not that sensitive when it comes to sex. And the fact of the matter is men are very sensitive, and it is easy to offend a man. And so you do have oh. to be careful to talk to him in a certain way so that he doesn't feel be, that he's being criticized or put down. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're not talking to him like he's a baby. Exactly. Exactly. And what if you don't have a sexy voice? Is there something that you can do to make your voice more sensual? Absolutely. Of course, I think most people have learned to realize that a sensual voice is usually a voice that is fairly deep and, and slow. A very high-pitched, rapid voice just doesn't seem to turn people on. Right. And there's a, there's a biological reason for that. When we're in a state of high anxiety or fear, the vocal cords tense up and the, the voice gets higher. It actually does, and we do tend to talk yes. faster. Exactly. So that's what you're signaling to your partner, I'm nervous, and that's not right. exactly a turn-on. When your voice is low and slow, you're saying, I'm relaxed and I'm confident. And that usually is, is a turn on for people. And in my book, I have lots of different exercises and how to make, how to actually deepen a voice, even a really? high voice. Absolutely, you can do it. There are exercises that otherwise uh, singers and actors who have bad voices would never get anywhere in, in the <laughs> business if they didn't learn this. And so I have all these exercises. But there's a very simple one you can do. I can just give you right now uh, yes. because it, people can do it anywhere, uh, even walking down the street or driving their car. It's an exercise that gets a more resonance in your voice, so it's a fuller, richer voice rather than a kind of you know thin kind of voice, which is not really a turn on. And that's to go around humming, it, it, humming any song you know, even if you can't sing on key, just hum off key. It doesn't matter because what matters is the hum puts vibrations in your nasal cavity. Uh, and that helps to actually make your voice more resonant. Another thing that works is if you say the word bumblebee on pitch up and down the scale, the M yeah. and the B, and the, the B, the M, and the B bring resonance into your voice. And if you do it enough, will enrich the sound. So a woman having a, a low, sultry voice, uh, that's the stereotype that supposedly turns men on. You're saying it's not just a stereotype, it really is true. 
it's really true, a, a lower voice. It doesn't have to be real. You know, some of those sultry voices are like hoarse, like I think Lauren Bacall was the famous actor. Yes. Kind of a hoarse. And there's some other. Well, it doesn't have to be a hoarse voice because, I mean, if you try to make your voice hoarse, you can hurt your vocal cords unless you yes. have a cold and it's natural, it's biological. Right. That you can definitely deepen the voice and, and soften it. And another thing is vocal expression. And, and there's lots of exercises in the book, how to put a sensual expression into your voice. And I have these really sensual poems that people can read. And I say, read them while you're playing really sexy erotic music and start dancing around as you're talking because then you get that whole sensual feeling into your body and it comes out through your voice. So poetry is another sensual thing you can do. Oh, absolutely. There's some wonderful, I think I give reference to some erotic poetry, some wonderful books that have been written on um, how to turn your partner on with erotic poetry. Can you give us an example of one of those books? Um, David, it's in the back of, let me see here. His name is David, uh, look in the book. Um, did, did, don't right. you just hate it? You wrote the book years ago, and now you get interviewed, and people expect you to remember. I know. I wrote page. it in 1996, <laughs> and his first name is the erotic reader. Yes. It's anonymous. So, uh, Lonnie Barbach wrote The Erotic Edge, Erotica for Couples. And there's a wonderful uh, man. His first name is David. He wrote a terrific poetry book on um, erotic talk. And I can, um, I may have to get back to you on that one because I don't see his name here, but he's he's marvelous. I'm sure if you look down into erotic poetry in Google, yes. you may find his name. Well, everybody knows that they can go on to Google ah, and type in erotic poetry it. or whatever. Yes. Actually, I found it. It's David Steinberg. It's called okay. Erotic by Nature, and it's it's a wonderful book. And you mentioned Lonnie Barback, who, of course, is yeah. a great writer, and she is another person that we've had as a guest on Single Living. Mm -hmm. So definitely recommend her books uh, having to do with sex and eroticism and so forth. Yeah, and there's some things on my website they can, they can check out, too. And let's uh, plug the website while we have the chance right now. You're at lovetalk.org. That's right, and, and lovetalk.org. And I'm told that you're happy to have people email you. Your email address is lovetalk at mindspring.com. Yeah, and if they do, and if they they may get a, a message, I have sort of a high uh, spam blocker on it now. But if the message says, you know, uh, your name has been, you know, blocked, they all they have to do is send me an email request to unblock their name, and I'll, then they can just send it again, and yes. I'll definitely respond to them. So right. it's not a big problem. And since we're talking about email, how about communicating over the internet erotically? What do you recommend? Well, I have something, I, I, I talk about continuing erotic on the internet by leaving erotic phone messages and how to send erotic letters. That's all in the book, too. Through email, I do something called your daily verbal aphrodisiac, 365 sayings to email to your partner one a day to uh -huh. keep that chemistry going. Uh -huh. And so that's information they can find at my website, too. Right. Can, can you give us an example of one of those? Uh, well, uh, it might be... Um, when I get you home tonight, honey, I've just bought a very interesting new sex toy, and I want to share it with you. You just let them know, you know, what's right. going to happen. Or um, um, I still uh, some, one of them I do across the miles is um, I can still um, taste your kisses in my mouth, and mm. I still smell your delicious scent, even though I haven't seen you in, in two weeks. Wow. And when you get back, we'll enjoy each other more or something. Again, you let the person know what they've meant to you and how yes. their special something is still remaining with you. So it sounds like the secret to a good relationship is really just good communication, something that we already knew. 
all you're really saying in your book is that you have to be careful that some of that communication is erotic communication. You know, don't be inhibited, don't be afraid to express your eroticism verbally. Exactly. I mean, even even talking dirty, which a lot of people find kind of scary, uh, there's ways to do that. I have a bunch of games, really playful games people can play with each other to open up that aspect of, of of expressing themselves so that it, they don't feel so inhibited about it. What kind of games are you referring to, Bonnie? Well, one of them is called the uh, Dirty Talk Expression Game <laughs> because, you know, a lot of the, unfortunately in our culture, the same words that we use uh, to describe um, erogenous zones and, and, and sex play are words we use to insult and offend people. It's really a sad thing that it's sort of like a double-edged sword. So we've been conditioned that when we hear those words in certain contexts, we tighten up because it means, oh, that person's out to attack us verbally. Uh, And it's sometimes hard, even when your partner is using the word with you, and you know you're in a safe zone, but some of that old memory, that old conditioning comes up. So this game is to explore what words turn your partner on, what words turn them off, and what words they find just silly and comical. So um, I did a complete research in um, all um, erotic talk in every language, every English uh, country, every country that speaks English in the world, and I found some doozies. I mean, some of them are really funny. I mean, if you want some examples. Sure. Okay. Well, for for, uh, the the penis, I have words like trouser snake, love muscle, yes, trouser snake, love muscle, Sugar stick, little Elvis, <laughs> flowering rod, right. dart of love, um, and skin flute. Uh-huh. And then for a woman, there were some cute ones too. Sugar yes. basin, happy valley, huh. shrine of love, right. jelly roll, huh. uh, paradise, <laughs> right. and uh, wonderland. <laughs> And um, one of the funniest ones I had, they have, of course, many euphemisms also for, um, one of them for masturbation was my favorite one was called Catch a Buzz. I assume they were using a vibrator. Let's go catch a buzz. Uh huh. That's interesting. I've not heard that one before. Yeah. Yeah. So I put those all in the book and I, I say what you can do with your partner is you can read each one of these descriptions. Either uh, just the word alone or put it in a sentence. And then as the partner receiving, hearing the word, you can notice how you react. Either you might say, ooh, that's a turn and I like that, or ugh, that, that makes me feel really closed off. I don't like it, or that makes me laugh. And laughing is good because it just relaxes you. So it's good to take note of what works for you, your partner and vice versa. Speaking of laughing, you know, so many people in our society are so uptight about sex and lovemaking. And uh, they don't joke while they're in bed, and yet, uh, you know, certainly there's no reason why you can't crack your funniest jokes during lovemaking. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You can have fun. Just relax, enjoy it. It's just going to add to add to the moment. Of course, that's easier said than done. How can people relax and enjoy their lovemaking more and, and feel more comfortable being erotic? One of the things uh, I think that is so important, I call this creating an erotic safety net with words, and that has to do with creating a place where you are non-judgmental and inviting anything that may come from your partner and vice versa. And this is very important if you're going to share fantasies, get into the you know erotic fantasies with your partner because so many people have fantasies that they consider taboo and uh, shocking if they, if they told their partner their partner would be very critical of them. Right. So I say especially in sharing fantasies and also in, in lovemaking, it's very important to hold a non-judgmental uh, sort of 
exploratory sense of you and your partner. Now, being human, you can't help sometimes react a little bit negatively if you hear something that doesn't fit right. But instead of saying to your partner, ooh, you really would like to do that, look how awful, you, what you, again, as, as in the other forms of communication, you take responsibility for your own reaction and say, I understand that turns you on. For me, that doesn't work for me. You just let them know for some reason or other that turns you off. I mean, a lot of, some people have fantasies of, of making love with religious figures, of having sex with a nun or the Pope or something. If you were raised a strict Catholic and you say, oh, yes. what are they saying? That, you know, that you have to acknowledge that, it, that it's your issue that that turns you off. You don't blame your partner for having a horrible thought. <laughs> yes. Um, in fact, to make people feel less self-conscious about their fantasies, I have a whole list of the most common fantasies. Um, For example? A, well, making love in public was a big one, or, or making love with the possibility of being caught. Right. Um, having sex with multiple partners is, is a fantasy that uh, some people act on and some don't. Now, just because your partner may have that fantasy doesn't mean they plan to act it out. Yeah, I, I think you raise a good point because all of us have fantasies that are not the most pleasant fantasies, not just in the case of sex, but in all aspects of our lives. I mean, how many times have you been driving down the road and had a fantasy of running somebody down who's your enemy? Just, just exactly. because you, yeah, just because you fantasize about it doesn't mean you actually intend to do it, and doesn't mean you're a bad person. We all have these hidden fantasies, and exactly, of course. And, and if you're going to have a good relationship with your partner, one of the ways of getting intimate is to share your fantasies without putting an obligation on your partner that they have to indulge that fantasy. Exactly. That, that's very well said. That's very true. Just letting them know that it's okay to have the fantasy. They don't have to indulge it with you unless they want to, unless they choose to. And, and some of them, uh, people, you know, they think uh, one of the, another very common fantasy is being sexually taken, possessed, or dominated. Right. And the other side of that is being, complete, uh, is being in complete sexual control of your partner. Right. Now, a lot of people think, oh, that means I'm going to go into S&M and we're going to go into bondage and discipline right. and I'm going to be... You don't necessarily have to take it that far. Some people ritualize it. Some people just like the verbal aspect of it. And in fact, in the book, I have a whole chapter on erotic power play, how to just verbally dominate or surrender to your partner. And how do you do that? With words. Well, and you just, if you want, the very simple common way is, you know, you belong to me, um, or, right. you know, I'm yours, take me, you can do anything you want with me. Right. But I have some other uh, little uh, rituals if people want to play the dominance and, and surrender game, how to play it uh, in a very safe way. Uh, because I interviewed a professional a dominatrix and uh, who explained to me exactly how to do it safely. And they have a, what they call a safe word, because the word no in that kind of game usually is a turn-on. You don't want to use the word no to really mean no. It's, it's just part of the power play. So they use a, a word that wouldn't fit into sex, like um, words that like um, cantaloupe or elephant, a word that would just take you by surprise yes. to mean that really means no and, and don't go too far. Um, but then I have little ritualistic dialogue, like you have the, the dominator makes you, do you, do you know why I called you here? And uh, the uh, other person says, yes, I've been a naughty boy. I've been a naughty girl. So you're playing yes. sort of a teacher-student role. And right. you know what I do to naughty boys? Yes, huh, ma'am, huh. You, pun you punish me. And then you talk about how the punishment's going. So it's all done verbally. And, and you can also dress up and, and wear the costumes to exactly, the and well. people. That's what a lot of people do who ritualize it. And I explain how to do that safely, and how to. And then I give them various books on the subject that if they want to really go into it seriously and want to do it responsibly, that's the important thing, and not carry it to you know to a degree that they're going to cause any kind of harm. Sure. What is erotic nurturing, and how can you enhance this experience with words? 
Well, erotic nurturing is sort of a way of letting your partner know you really enjoy taking care of them because being sexual with a partner can also be very healing. It's it's physically and emotionally healing. And you can just let let them know, I love taking care of you this way. Or let them, the other side, I love it. I love it. Again, it's more dimensional. Your, your connection becomes more multidimensional. Um, another thing you can do, I think it's very important, is you know, everybody has physical imperfections, and as you get older, they, they seem to get even bigger. Yes, but what's so fascinating about uh, relationships is that as you fall more deeply in love with someone, you begin to even love their imperfections. Right. And I think letting your partner know that you, you love their, that part of them, that they consider imperfect, can be a wonderful gift to give them because it makes them feel more confident uh, about themselves. Well, I'd like to thank you, Bonnie, for being my guest on Single Living. Bonnie Gabriel is the author of The Fine Art of Erotic Talk, How to Entice, Excite, and Enchant Your Lover with Words. Her website is lovetalk.org, and her email address is lovetalk at mindspring.com. Single Living is a production of the Podcast Singles Network in San Rafael, California. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, this is your host, Rich Goss.